Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lepercaro, and this episode's guest is Genesis Owusu. Genesis Owusu is a Ghanaian-Australian artist currently based in Canberra. He has an affinity for genre-stretching sounds and storytelling. Because of this, his music is full of color and complexity. On his debut album, Smiling With No Teeth, he explores the interconnectedness of depression and racism, two things that have greatly impacted his life. The album, of course, is called Smiling With No Teeth, and we're going to get to that title track a little bit later, but I feel like there's something more important that we have to start with, with, which is obviously the topic of the black dog, because that is the biggest recurring theme throughout the entire album. Now, you often refer to two black dogs in the album, and is that specifically something that you came up with as like a, a concept, or does that come from some kind of folklore? Um, I thought I came up with it. Someone actually mentioned uh, a folklore story to me. I can't quite remember it. I haven't gone in to read it yet, but, um, I came up with the, the concept, um, just writing about, uh, depression initially, like the black dog is like a commonly used euphemism for depression, but then like, um, I kind of like going back into like my memories, like I realized like I've been call the black dog in like a racial connotation as well mm. so um yeah it was it came up as like a really interesting term to me to encapsulate both of the things that I wanted to talk about yeah you know it's really interesting that you say that because in my notes I was actually going to save talking about that version of the black dog for later because it's so big in the second half of the album but I mean it, it is true like you you made this image of the black dog very very multifaceted across the album like what i started to do is i noted down some of the different ways that it's manifested and i'd love to kind of talk through each of them and sort of unpack them a bit so i mean of course there's like the most obvious which again is the black dog as referring to depression yeah i mean when i started making music just as a whole it, it started as like a, a mode of like therapy for me and just catharsis. Like I didn't make songs to entertain people. I didn't care about making people dance or anything like that. It was just for getting things off my chest. And um, as I became a musician, like by career, I guess that mode of pure intention kind of got dwindled a bit in regards to like I had to start making singles and thinking about radio play and like blah 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 is this marketable um but then at the start of this album it really came full circle and this whole album was just me expressing it taking it back to just pure creative expression and and venting and and saying what's on my mind and and getting things off my chest um which is why I I chose these topics because these topics of depression and racism are probably two of the most weighty issues in my life mm -hmm. um so that the album was kind of just like my my own personal little therapy session 
it, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting how by using this, again, this multifaceted idea of the black dog, you've kind of created this link between like internal trauma in the form of like mental health and like external generational societal trauma that comes with obviously the very long history of racism. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I definitely wanted to do that because I do feel like they are intertwined mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't often get spoken about like, you know, getting going through like racial abuse that wouldn't do wonders for your mental health. And then, you know, vice versa, after experiencing that going into like very predominantly white spaces, it'll exacerbate like the paranoia and like all of that. So it's like, it's very linked and and interwoven uh, between one another. So I definitely, yeah, I I wanted to, to link the two together more closely. Yeah. And we're definitely going to continue to talk about that interwovenness because it really does, even in the parts that aren't necessarily directly talking about mental health or directly talking about racism, the two do sort of bleed into each other a little bit. Now, going back, I guess, to the the concept of the black dog, though, one of the other things that you refer to is, I guess, yourself as the black dog. Like the black dog is sort of, as well as being, you know, your own depression and like kind of inner demons you also often refer to yourself as that. And I guess the question that I have is, do you write that in the sense of, how would I say this? Like as a sort of like self-perception, like an almost self-deprecating thing, or is it more this idea that, you know, and by the way, I'm someone who also suffers with depression and OCD. So this is something I'm very familiar with. Um, Our depression can be very intertwined with the way that we present ourselves to the world. So this idea of referring to yourself as a black dog, where which way did it kind of go for you? Yeah, it's um, it it came in a few different aspects. I predominantly I I, I feature these as characters, like characters separate from myself, but in the same way are also part of me. Obviously, like in in the visuals for some of my singles. Um, I, there are these two distinct characters where it's Genesis Owusu in, in, in a red suit and then the black dog with a bandaged face, um, but it's still played by me because, you know, it's still a part of me. So it's like I presented it in a way where they are separate characters to an extent, but it's also, I feel like there's a point in the album, maybe around like Don't Need You Drown, where they become a bit more separated, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like when I started actually dealing with these issues, it took a while for me to separate, like this is depression and this is like a chemical imbalance, like going on, this is not me as a person. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, it was kind of um, trying to weave in all those little, uh, insights where it's like it it is me but it's not me it's a separate character but it's also a part of me that I'm trying to get rid of and yeah it's a it's a I guess it's like a complex thing that's not really defined in the album because it's hard to find it in real life absolutely no I definitely caught on to that and again it's something that I can speak to very personally I mean you know if you're someone who deals with these things there's this wonderful thing called intrusive thoughts and when you hear intrusive thoughts, you think, these are my thoughts. This is a representation of who I am. And until you go to therapy, you're just like, 
no, your brain just kind of shoots random information at you and it's whether you choose to grip onto it or not that kind of shows your character. It's not the thought itself. And it's, yeah, it's amazing how we don't realize that. And so to your point, you think that that's you. You think that that represents yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all that, all fun, light, fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Just great. Um, Well, the other thing, though, the way that there's, because there's occasionally sort of dialogues between yourself and the black dog in the sense of, like, the depression. Sometimes, you know, you even rap and sing as the black dog and sometimes as yourself and there's this almost like occasionally flirty banter between the two like it's almost like a toxic relationship rather than being you know like it also refers to like brotherhood and twin flames and all these kinds of things but what was I guess the idea of playing the black dog as both kind of like a lover and almost like a temptress for example like on waiting on you and centerfold and drown yeah yeah um I guess, yeah, going into the album, I I guess I I already knew that I wanted to talk about these topics, but at the same time, like, I like creative stuff, (laughs) fun, exciting, creative stuff. So I like, obviously, these are topics that are weighing on me, but as an artist, like, I don't want to make something static and, you know, I'm going to rap at you statistics about these people are dealing with depression, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wanted to make it a bit more exciting, so I... I wanted to personify them into their own characters with with their own like motives and, and goals and personalities and stuff like that. And I felt like in the same way, depression is almost like a, it's almost alluring in a sense um, in that like it's, it's it's very it's almost seductive trying to like having to or thinking you want to stay in bed all day and just like the the idea of staying in bed all day when you're down is is very alluring and trying to get out of that is is a challenge in itself so like grouping uh taking that to the to someone's personality i wanted to make it so okay maybe they're they're they have an alluring personality they're trying to like seduce you in the same way, like staying in bed all day is, is almost like a seductive thought. Um, mm. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted them to have their own characters, um, uh, their own personalities. Um, and I felt like on top of just having that as like a, a kind of exciting creative decision, it also was creatively liberating sonically because that allowed me to make songs like Waiting On You and Centerfold that sound like sexy or Drown, that sounds like upbeat um, and like fun. Um, but still, you know, when you get to the core of it, it's still all talking about these these same issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, with a quick scratch beneath the surface. You're like, oh no, this isn't just a, sl- a sexy slow jam. This is like depression just being like, hey. You're like, no, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Also, I mean, I don't know if this plays into it at all, because there's kind of like ironically an opposite message, which we'll get to in a second. But especially for artists, there's still that like trope of like the tortured artists. Like there's something almost sensual and alluring about being like emotional and dark and tortured. And it's like, okay, um, at what cost? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. 
I hate that so much. I'm keen to, I'm keen to, this, like I said, this, this album was, it's a very personal album. This album was for me, like it was a personal venting session, but <laughs> on future releases, I'm keen to stop selling trauma. Okay. Like I'm keen to, to, to sell black joy instead of black trauma. Gotcha. This is a, a necessary step. I guess moving on to another um, theme, which is also kind of where the title of the album comes from. It's basically the idea of pretending to be okay and sort of like performing this kind of fake happiness, which is in a lot of the songs. Like it's in The Other Black Dog, it's in Drown, it's in Gold Chains, it's in Smiling With No Teeth, obviously. Um, so does this come from like... like I, you know, I've never been to Australia. I don't know what the sort of state of this is now, but is there still like a lot of stigma around mental health or has it kind of broken out? Um, I think it's, 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 uh, it's almost in the same vein as racism where they, there was a, an overt stigma against it, but now it's to a point where people are talking about it, which is great. People are open to it, which is great. But in the same way that in 2020, posting your black squares kind of meant, I'm a good person, I'm against racism. Okay, job over. It's kind of like in the same vein with talks about mental health. Like we have like, are you okay day once a year and like people post are you okay? DM me if you're not okay. And then the rest of the year, it's kind of like nothing. And when the conversations actually go to start, like people still are a bit like, ew, icky um, <laughs> about it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the state at the moment. Like okay. it's, it's, uh, the topics are being opened up, but it's still at a point where there's, there's a long, a long way to go um but so in in regards to in regards to that like growing up with both of these topics of depression and racism um trying to talk about them to to people was a, a big task um because just people didn't want to hear about it it was it was too much of a confronting topic so often these subjects had to be like sugar-coated or watered down um so they can be like palatable to people which is where the yeah the concept of the album came from mm-hmm. yeah it's this sort of thing where like people either think or claim that they're all for it but once they see what the work actually entails and what sort of weight they're gonna have to put on their shoulders is they're like mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. It's like dealing, confronting racism, talk, having uncomfortable conversations with people just as much as, you know, being there for your friend who is severely depressed. Those are not comfortable things. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's people even, I guess, again, even if they think they're ready for it, they get to it and they're like, oh, so this is what this is. It's like, yeah. 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 And like in the same way that I used... The, the sonics of the album to, I guess, convey the personalities of the characters. I also, that was a big um, aspect of conveying that topic as well. The topic of like kind of sugarcoating things or, or 
I, I often use the term like glazing them in honey. Like mm-hmm. that's another reason a lot of the songs are like super upbeat, super dancey, um, yeah. sexy at times. Like it's, it's a facade. It's like a fake smile. Like you yeah. listen to it for the first time and you're like, yeah, this is sick. Boom, boom, boom. Gonna dance to this. And then maybe on the second or third or fourth listen, the sheen starts to wear off and you maybe start to pick up like what's actually going on here. Yeah, I was watching the video for Gold Chains earlier and like just kind of watching you do that almost like slow down like Carlton-esque, like, hey, kind of <laughs> dance. I mean, it was incredible. And again, obviously knowing like the song saying is like the chains may be gold, but you don't know how cold they are, like how it actually feels to wear this on my skin is... Yeah, it's again, it's that kind of like, ooh, little little bit jarring once you start to pay attention. Um, and also, like, I mean, again, we as we said, like this has to do with mental health and race. But I, I wonder if it's also a big thing, like being an entertainer as well. I mean, you kind of touched on this earlier, you know, making things that are palatable for an audience. But I know from speaking with a lot of my friends who are artists, you get overworked and you have to kind of go and put on this happy face and put on a show. And then once you complain, people are like, you have this amazing life. What are you complaining about? It's like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I Like I said, I started making music for myself. And then I kind of fell into mus- being a musician as a career. Like I, I was making these songs and people just happened to like them. And I got all these offers and stuff like that. So I kind of just like fell into it. Um, but I think going into it I was I was a, a little bit unaware of how much like I, I assumed I was the musician and I was creating a product for, for the masses which is music but then it came to be I had to be the product like I had to be the one people had to consume and I had to be this personality and like etc cetera, etc cetera. like it, it it is a very weighty and, and jarring thing to think about like having yourself out there to be consumed by people who don't know you or particularly care about you um so it's something that I like I definitely try and fight and 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 navigate on my own terms yeah there's a line on gold chains that kind of runs this point home as far as I think it can which is I sacrifice a gentle life for goals that leave me terrified and that one, I mean, that one also hits a little too close to home for me as a person who's a creative, because anytime we take that left turn, we're like, oh, this is hard. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and then but it doesn't lead to my demise, yeah. which is like also like a, it's like, it's almost like a stupid decision. Like I know how like crazy the music industry is. Like we've all heard the horror stories. But still, for some reason, <laughs> I'm still I'm still here. I'm still doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like a yeah a nice little pointer of of uh, the healthy contradiction that is Genesis Elusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean I think that it's not completely impossible to find something healthy within this industry. It just takes a lot more work to carve that out for yourself. Well, I want to, I guess, continue now. I mean, we started to talk about, obviously, how much, speaking of racism, is such a big part of the latter half of the album. 
and I'm I'm starting to want to look at like the songs that really do face it very head on, um, which obviously starts with I don't see color, which just right away you're like, okay, yep, we're going into this because that is one of the grossest sentences that anybody can say. <laughs> it's just like you do though. <laughs> so you probably see it more because you just said that. You know. Facts. Facts. But yeah. Um, yeah um the album is like kind of sectioned off into acts uh like the first it has the intro and then the first act is like the internal black dog which is depression and then it has like smiling with no teeth which is kind of like the intermission and then the second act starts with uh i don't see color which deals with the external black dog which deals with racism and i i feel like going back to them being two characters with different personalities like i feel like you almost feel that immediately um in regards to how kind of stripped back everything gets like the honey glaze immediately gets wiped off and it's very minimal almost haunting tribal in a sense um to a point where the lyrics and, and the vocal is the driving force. And this is the same with Whipcracker. Um, they're the driving force and it's kind of like an inescapable, um, yeah, it's, it's almost inescapable. It's not covered in honey anymore where you can dance around it. Like I, the, the personality of this black dog is, is like it's seeing the brunt of these horrific acts of racism and, and it, it's tired of it. And it's, it's very in your face. Um, much more direct um yeah yeah i was actually that was in my notes it's a much more confrontational half of the album it's like whereas with depression it's almost easy sometimes to slip back into it and see the allure of it with racism it's like there's there's none of that so i think my favorite song in that whole section is easy just this idea of you know a country betraying its own people and just kind of letting itself be taken by by colonizers. Yeah, yeah. I I wrote that on. Um, we have Australia Day here, which I'm, I think is probably like the equivalent of like Columbus Day or something. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and the indigenous population here call it Invasion Day because yeah, that's the day it was Australia was invaded, um, and I wrote the song on that day um yeah it was it, it just yeah it just felt like something that is so unaddressed here in Australia um that I yeah wanted to get off my chest mm. yeah when you say it's unaddressed like is it I mean just from my experience being here in the states you know we are talking at least within like more liberal circles we're talking more about things like Columbus Day and the sort of heritage of America and the heritage of the police and everything that it's kind of built upon. Um, but do you feel like those conversations are happening in Australia with its kind of colonial history or? Yeah. In the is? same sense, yeah. in the same sense where it's like happening in certain circles, but like where the power is actually held, like they're not like our own prime minister was like, <laughs> he was like, Australia Day is on January 26th. He's like, well, the the settlers who have to come here by boat didn't have a very flash January 26th either. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, you literally tried to 
genocide of uh, an entire race. Like, it, it's like, yeah, where the power is really held, they're trying their hardest to just wash over uh, any of these conversations. That's it's, like it's the, ridiculous. It's the epitome of the I have struggles too argument, which is like, <laughs> okay, but that doesn't like eliminate everybody else's <laughs> like it doesn't yeah it's like i'm gonna need you to get some perspective on this um but and actually i mean it sort of touches on those same again like performative aspects and i mean you did talk about like sort of sugarcoating things but i also read it a lot as like the concept of like code switching as well which is you know just again sounding white or changing the way that you behave simply to make someone else more comfortable yeah definitely definitely it, it definitely all has has elements of that there's yeah like I keep saying like this album is uh, was like my venting session and it was just a, a session of pure expression so there's like a lot a lot of parts to this album that weren't conscious decisions I guess like when I was writing these things that I'm listening to the album and picking out myself like like oh yeah this is representative of stuff like code switching and stuff like that because it was so much of the album was just so visceral like I wasn't so super like okay I'm gonna make a concept album about this and I'm gonna rap like this line is gonna mean this like so much of it was just like me like spewing out my emotions and thoughts and feelings in such like a, a kind of raw way um, that I am now deciphering what I was saying on the album a lot. See, it's funny you say that because I I remember having a very similar conversation in a couple different episodes where I was saying I think there's very much such thing as an accidental concept album in the sense that because we all carry things in our conscious and even more so in our subconscious and for creatives all of that, even if you didn't mean it to, just sort of comes out on the page. And then you have this album, especially if they were written in a close period of time. Um, and I don't know if that was the case for you, like what the sort of window of time that you wrote it in was. But it ends up creating this sort of capsule of where your head's at when you were writing, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, it, it 100% was that it was it was written in a very close time period. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Again, it shows because I read it very much as a concept album just because of the way that everything is so deeply intertwined. But again, it also shows that you understand that complexity and you think about it a lot in your own life. So it would have showed up here anyway, even if you weren't trying to make it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Well, I guess getting to the end of the album, because there's like three songs that sort of, again, start to like zoom out again a little bit and sort of teeter between a sense of hope and also still like coming back to the concept of the black dog. Like the black dog is in the last lines of the album. So I guess, where was your head at with that? Like, is it sort of to show like, you know, there's still a lot of a journey to be left or like where? Yeah, exactly. What is it? Yeah. It's yeah. The, the last three songs, the, the resolution act, we had act one, act two, and now we have the, the resolution act where it's like, it's it's about both of the the two topics um and yeah you i you have the song about fishing no looking back and and bye bye and i was originally going to end it at 
no looking back. Mm. I was originally, I was originally going to end it on like a very positive note, had this mantra, no looking back. Like we out here, we did it. But then, you know, actually looking at it and looking at the, the album track list, like it felt a bit too much of like a Hollywood ending. Like it's never going to be like, okay, dust your hands off, racism over, <laughs> dust your hands off, depression done. Like, so I felt like Bye Bye was a more fitting and realistic way to end the album because yeah, it's never, it's always going to be a journey and it's also, it's always going to be a thing that has to be uh, navigated and thought about. And it's, it's not about how, you know, where it ends, but rather like how you learn to, to adapt and navigate it. Um, so yeah, the, the words black, dog start the album and the words black dog end the album and it's a it's an ever-going cycle that I'm still uh still journeying through myself yeah and it's not the first time that you do something like that on this album because don't don't need you is immediately followed by something very dark as well like it's like I did it I fixed it and then it's like no you didn't oh <laughs> that's not yeah. how this works yeah, exactly. It's a roller coaster. You have your peaks and you have your valleys, and, and that's just that's life. That's reality. Yeah, and you just have to embrace it and keep trudging forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is like, which is a song about fishing as well. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite songs. That's yeah. like um, started as like a jokey freestyle in the studio. Um, when you when you hear the song, like there's the vocal uh, song about fishing, which is Kieran, the guitarist in in the studio. He's sing, he's going sing a song about fishing. <laughs> it's because like we'd been in the studio for so long, like we'd literally done everything imaginable. So Kieran's oh, just like sing a song about fishing. I'd never gone fishing before in my life, <laughs> and I just like kind of freestyled this. And then after I'd freestyled it and got this like session take, I tweaked. The lyrics a little bit like the tiniest bit and it was it turned from this weird like jokey freestyle into some strange like parable of perseverance in, in dire circumstances i love that yeah it's amazing how sometimes those can come from very silly places also is that karen j Callanan that you're referring to in this case yeah yeah very very interesting dude um i saw him <laughs> he's a character he really is i i remember a you know the pre-covid obviously me and my a few of my friends were at south by southwest and we went to the uh, australian like kind of showcase and there's one group that was like okay what the hell is this and then he comes on and we were all like who is this like we all need to know <laughs> right now who this man is yeah <laughs> we're he's, obsessed. He's, he's 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 amazing he's so like uh i remember in some of the studio sessions like Sometimes he'd just show up in like medieval, like chain mail. Yep, that <laughs> checks know, out. Like, as you do. Um, it was very hot. He was often the first one to get naked. Also doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he stripped during that show as well. Like layers came <laughs> off. So yeah. And this was yeah. like midday on a weekday. So, you know, <laughs> like we've all yeah, just that's... had lunch and we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's Kieran. That's him. He's a great guy. Yeah, and I think that he's a, a good match creatively for you because you're, I mean, he pulls from literally everywhere and so do you. I mean, like, I was hearing Thundercat, I was hearing Gorillas, I was hearing James Blake, I was hearing, like, 
Outcast and NERD, but then also on stuff that wasn't on this album, I was hearing like Duran Duran, like you are literally everywhere. And I respect that. Yeah, thank it. you. Thank you so much. Like, I mean, I love so many things. Um, and, you know, Genesis Owusu isn't a character. It's just me with a different alias. Like I'm not a two-dimensional character with like a Icaramba catchphrase or anything like that. Like I'm just, I'm just a human being. Like I laugh and cry and dance and sing and have a breakdown in the same day. So like, why wouldn't I express that sonically with all these different kinds of sonic emotions? And you know, that's, that's just how I approach things. Smiling with no teeth is available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford.